Business banking shouldn't feel like another transaction. UMass 5's Commercial Services Division is comprised of business owners, so when it's time to make crucial decisions, we're ready with advice drawn from hands-on experience. Contact Jeff Simpson, CFA, at 413-256-5560 or visit umass5.coop business. Hi, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local. Brought to you by UMass 5's Commercial Services Division. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's a recovering entrepreneur and consultant to small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Here is Tom Fox. Thanks, Chris. Welcome, everybody. Today, my guest is Mayor Nicole LaChapelle, who is a member of Governor Charlie Baker's Reopening Advisory Board, uh, as we're coming out of COVID-19. I just thought it would be a wonderful uh, conversation to learn a little bit about that. So, Mayor, thank you very much for coming on the program today. Well, thank you, Tom, for, for having me. And I, I just wondered, do you, do you ever really stop being an entrepreneur? I, I, I don't know if uh, entrepreneurs really ever give that up. Uh, maybe a pause. I would, so. I would say the thinking-wise, probably not. But I'd say right. from a mayor perspective, you know what entrepreneurial thinking brings because as a mayor, you have to think entrepreneurial. Um, yes. So yes, yes, it doesn't always go away, um, mm -hmm. but we use it in Fair. different ways. I was just say, you applied your entrepreneurial thinking to joining when you were on the, the, the reopening committee, I got to imagine, because that's a yes. pretty exactly. target to move. Yeah. And I no, was thinking no. we had a couple of representatives from Western Mass on that committee, mm -hmm. yourself included. Yeah. And we're opening up now. So I thought it'd be, just be great to just for you to share a little bit about, I guess, what some folks should be mindful of as we go through this, as yeah. the first stages and, and yep. kind of your experience, you know, and obviously you probably see this online. People say, well, why don't we do this? And why don't we do that? Right. You know, a lot of times there's just a lot of work that goes into getting to where you are yeah. and you can't address all the, the little things, not the little things, but the like, we know that's important. Right but we've got to focus here. So that's got to be hard in right. and of itself. The work was very difficult. You know, I was one of three mayors in the state to be on, asked uh, to be on the reopening committee by the governor and lieutenant governor and Secretary Keneally was the co-chair. Uh, we met for over 40 hours, um, all on Zoom um, with Lieutenant Governor and Secretary Keneally at every single meeting, guiding us as well as Dr. Monica Burrell, um, the head of Massachusetts uh, Department of Public Health, um, and, and just a really well-rounded crew of, of folks. Um, there was some criticism in the beginning about what the makeup was um, or was not in the committee, and it, it really rounded itself out very well. As anything, I think there's a lot of assumptions. Uh, one of the biggest ones was that, you know, labor and those frontline workers weren't represented in um, in front or at the reopening advisory board level, and th and they were um, passionate, but also really detailed uh, presentations about what it's like to work in a nursing home, and and what you do with the family daycare um, and those things over, you know, again over 40 hours. You know, what I brought to the reopening um, committee, I feel, was one Western Massachusetts. Um, two, background in education as, uh, you know, a certified superintendent and special ed director in a past life. I do own my own small businesses um, that I'm not, you know, running now, but, but still have a, a stake in with my, my brother. But also, you know, where, 
really the the rubber hits the road here of our economy, which is, you know, omnipresent and everywhere and public safety. And that was a lot of weight. I mean, there was very soon into the process, everyone on the board, the 17 members, realized that decisions that we made on the information, public health information as it was coming out, was going to have a direct correlation um, to the number of infections and number of deaths due to COVID-19. And there's no, you know, wait, there's no sweet talk there. That That is just the reality of it. And where is that, you know, balancing? Well, you know, there's not, you know, it's a life, it's not a number. Um, and, and then how do you then make sure people are getting into the hospital for very um, urgent preventative procedures so they might not get more sick or even die from like say a, a heart defect. Yeah, very, very weighty, very heavy duty conversations as far as what opens and what didn't open or how it's opening. It's fluid and it's not just fluid for the sake of a business model. It's fluid because we really know very little about COVID-19. I mean, when, when it comes, you know, we, we are reopening and not opening and, and doing this and not doing this. And we're all answering to the same boss. We're all answering to the same authority. And that authority is one we don't know well, which is COVID-19. We don't know every way it transmits. This asymptomatic you know, transmission, what does that mean? Does it not mean? What about those three, you know, what about the hundred or so children? I think there's 35 in Massachusetts right now with that that inflammatory, you know, ailment and, and how is that, re, you know, related to reopening? Who are we exposing? How are we exposing it? While people, you know, needing, you know, people needing and wanting to go back to work. I mean, back to school. I mean, we all crave some kind of routine and structure, um, whether that's a nine to five or, you know, that is um, working in a gay economy. You know, we all have our groove. And that group's been taken away because of COVID. So the conversations on the reopening board were really, really intense. They continue to be intense. And, you know, I, I think the strongest part of our, our plan as we, we put forward to the government governor was certainly reopening, but most importantly, reclosing. You know, there are gates, you know, and, it, and so phase one isn't automatically over on a, a specific date. We're looking at those public health metrics and, some things have been changed. We saw that with bars, that there's just, yeah. you know, we're watching it. I, I also, you know, what I really would want people to pay attention to in, in the news is that we now have 21 states in the country with upward trends of infection. Yeah, yeah as you're recording this morning, I saw a yeah. few more states that looked as though they were going up. That makes me feel good about our work on the reopening because one, please don't think that it's 21 states away because if like this started in China, this started in Europe. I mean, so there are no boundaries here. There's nothing too far or too close. And our plan in Massachusetts has very clear public health markers of saying, okay, now we're going to stop or now this industry is going to go back to phase one. I, and, and it's really one of the things I'm most proud of um, with my work with the re reopening advisory board. You know, when I when I read through the PowerPoint, uh, you know, that was released, uh, you know, one of the yeah. first things that was mentioned on there is we're going by the health metrics. You know, that was very clear. Mm -hmm. It was very concise. Yeah. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be influenced by things that may be other. 
But I, I, want, I wanted to ask you something, you know, in a past life as well, I worked in a behavioral standpoint, working with executives to help them understand who they were and how they interact with people. On a psychological mm -hmm. perspective, like, yeah, I know I obviously understand there were conversations about health and that, you know, paramount and then is, I'm assuming yeah. conversations about the economy because, hey, we need to open. But what's in that conversation and from a, just a public health perspective, from a public mental health perspective, we need to open up the art, our, 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 our communities. But because people also could be so isolation. You know, you have kids yeah. that, oh, that are yeah. in those formative stages where yes. they're building really solid relationships in yes. school. And you know this as, yes. a, as a, a, you know, yeah. superintendent. They, yeah. they don't have that right now. And, and the longer yeah. that they don't have that, I mean, we will know, I guess, mm -hmm. if there's a long-term, you know, uh, yeah. effect of that. But how much did that play into the conversations? You know, hey, we know we got this, we know we got this, but we also have to be mindful of how people, from a, from a, from a personality behavior standpoint, from, from a heart and head standpoint, how they're managing through this. I think when we started, um, I think it was maybe in the, I don't know, let's just say top 15 things we were worried about or we were like, hey, wow. And by, I don't know, let's say 20 hours into the 40 so hour, it, it, it was in the top five um, mm, because wow. it's really started looking at why people go, why people go to work, why people go out to eat, why people go to parks, why people, it's, it's that connection. Well, you know, yes, childcare is needed because so-and-so has got to go to work. Childcare is needed because, you know, young, young Nicole, you know, really needs to bond and understand how to socialize and connect and empathy and play, right? I mean, play is a curriculum, you know, um, and you can put a kid in a play uh, in a sandbox by themselves. It's that's not the point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some game, but they have, um, so it became more and more, um, important and, and made us think about what opens and how they open and, and, and really then we push back on industries um, a little more than not-for-profits and public services because industries had really just more capital and, and expanse to innovate of, okay, restaurants, so what, what can you do with outdoor dining? Or what can you do, you know, of all different levels of restaurants um, what does out, uh, outside dining look like? Or if you're retail, how are you going to, to work with your space? And, and people came back in grocery stores. I mean, my goodness. I, I, I mean, you go to the local grocery store here in East Hampton Big E's, or you go to um, Stop and Shop in Northampton or Big Y in, in West Springfield. I mean, they, they not only have it down, every time you walk in there, there's some innovation to make sure that people are in and out of there as safely as they possibly can be, plus an option where you can just pick up, you know? Um, and I think that's important. And I think it's important too, when you see the places, you know, that everybody uses, whether that's, you know, I, I know there's this whole big thing about, you know, Walmart or whatnot, but, but those inequities, those, you know, uncomfortable parts of those business models are certainly something that we need to look at. Um, but right now people have to access it. I mean, people need to be able to safely access toilet paper. And, and uh, we really push back on the industries of saying like, look, the, the action of shopping physically might be a need for somebody like they don't have internet access or they can't have a package, 
but also that routine and that connection and the face-to-face eye-to-eye is something. Um, and, and the industries, you know, and, and manufacturing and, and outdoor recreation, folks, folks came back with a lot of innovative ideas um, that I think will roll out as, you know, this takes, takes shape. Um, daycare mm-hmm. is really stuck in my, you know, everything we knew was a, maybe say a, a shallow part of, of our complement of public services you know, has just been exacerbated 15 fold, right? Yeah. Um, so the daycare system was was not great, wonderful, appropriately funded before this. And um, and they're just farther behind. I mean, there's just no other way to, to say, I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. You read in the paper, I talked to daycare owners in East Hampton and it's, you know, you just, it, it takes 20 seconds to get back, you know, through this, like my daughter was in daycare all the time. You know, she probably, she probably learned how to be nicer to people there than hanging out with me at home. <laughs> so, and, and it's, you know, and, and for those educators. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah well, I want to give a quick shout to our sponsor, but I got a follow up question on that, but I just want to, you know, uh, yeah. thankful to be working, uh, living local to be partnering with Business West on this project, but also want to thank UMass Five College Federal Credit Union for their support in bringing the program okay. to folks and to bring folks like you, honestly, to out and share some of these stories, you know, to, to, I guess I'd say twofold. So as a former board member of yeah. Square One, yeah. I was reading through their plans on reopening and it's financially not for nothing. It's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for them. And you already know this from talking to your folks. Now oh, restaurants yeah. is another thing that got me. <clears throat> there was a report that came out maybe two weeks ago that said as of then, 6% mm-hmm. of the country's restaurants that have closed are not coming back. And there'll mm-hmm. probably be more. And I, I know some of the feedback I got from restaurant tours I was talking to is, you know, if we can open up a 25% yeah. capacity, there's not enough that doesn't work for our revenue model. We can't sustain right. sustain that. Yeah, and I'm like, fair, but this is something that will is supposed to phase and grow in time. So open up outdoor, right. then open up indoor, yeah. and get there. Um, and honestly, I don't know from a, from COVID perspective and things like that. We didn't have a playbook. You know, when all this happened, yeah. we didn't be able to crack out a book and say, "Hey, here's what we do." Yeah. It was right. more like, right. "Okay, well, we got to deal with this right now. We've got to yeah. make the best plans." but we got to make them quick. And sometimes when we make, when we're decisive, we don't take all those things into consideration. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. there'll be some laws of unintended consequences as we reopen, not just here in New York, oh, yeah. but across yeah. the country. But again, we didn't have a plan for that. Not good, bad, indifference, no, no judgment, no. but we just didn't have yeah. a plan for that. I bet we do now and we have some good things we learned, but we didn't right. have that when we entered into this. I mean, I got to yeah. imagine when you were sitting on that committee, your heart had to be breaking in some capacities for some of the business owners that you know in industries that are going to be suffering some oh. more than others. Yes. Without getting specific, I, you know, obviously you had confidential, confidential conversations there, but what are some of the, you know, I guess from your perspective, or read personally, what, where do your heartstrings go out right now to, to what businesses might be the ones that you're going, I really want to see them survive. And I know. Yeah. So I, I use daycare example. If I can have a classroom with only 50% capacity, 10 kids, I think was what the, yeah. That's, for a business model perspective, that's tough. I mean, what other yes. industries, or is it just them or some others you've seen that you're like, I really uh, you know, want to see them make it through? 
I mean, I want to make everyone make it through. And, oh, yeah. I, and I, in, in those industries, you know, I, I also, you know, with those conversations, um, I'll tell you the innovation and the willingness. I mean, there's not this, not in one conversation industry have, have I had where they're saying like, this is how we do business. This is how we're going to do business. And you need to help us do it this way. Not at all. It's been, we want to be safe. We want their, you know, themselves, their employees, the public to be safe. That's a part of their, you know, the public confidence, you know, part of doing business at goodwill. And we can do this and we can do that. I, I think that there are two things that, um, that we need to do a little more universally and, it, and it's starting to come as one, um, revenue replacement grants. So if you're a small business and you're not paying your rent or a part of your rent, and then you've got to reopen and pivot your physical space and you still have this debt, like we need to replace the revenue somehow, some way. And I think that needs to do, be done at a very consistent way whether that's federal dollars going to the state, the state gives them to read, however that happens. Um, we have to do that. And, and the other thing with that is it can't be tied. It can't be tied to, and you must reopen within a month, right? I mean, there, if we want the unique nature of our businesses, especially in Western Mass, to survive, we have to understand and embrace their uniqueness. So a little, you know, my favorite store on Cottage Street is very small. And a part of what I like is the way that she curates um, the mini sweaters and pocketbooks. And it's like, you know, my candy store. So I don't want to walk in, like that's the experience. So I don't want to rush her to this threshold of, look, we're going to help you, but you've got to open in two weeks, you know, yeah. uh, no more than I want to do that to, to Nini's or um, Pizzeria Uno in Springfield. Um, and they're, ha you know, and so for them to get not, you know, a, a modest replacement of revenue to hold their own and their business model and have the time to pivot and open when they feel safe, I think is, is important. And a part of that business model is when their employees on their own feel safe to come back. If we are mm -hmm. going to rush people and I've, I've heard this, you know, people are making more money on unemployment. It's like, great. Like, guess what? The people making the less amount of money during a mental health crisis, during a physical health crisis, and during a disaster aren't the first ones that have to go back in and get sick or hurt. That's astounding. Yeah. I'm okay with that model. That's, that's not an issue for me. And I understand that there are employers out there who are saying, look, if people come back or they don't come back and we're going to hire somebody else, well, well, we've got to let go of the way grocery stores um, operate we have to let go what what these relationships are with employers and employees if someone's afraid you know and is pushed back into coming in because they're afraid whether directly or indirectly they're going to lose their job you know that's probably the person who has something going on you know where they don't want to expose a family member you know mm -hmm. or they have another job that you know and and we just have to i mean it's hard to trust and and i know um you know, trust in business isn't just a marketing tool, right? It, it, we're getting to a fundamental of we're, we're going to trust and a part of our businesses is, is, is how we serve people and, and, and treat our employees. And, and this is, it's not, you know, say, Oh, it's a chance to, I, I don't look at it as a chance. I look at it as we're just going to end up closing everything down again. If we decide to take shortcuts. 
Um, and, and that's, you know, the big, and that's true again, you know, daycares are just heartbreaking. Um, but you know, I'm not, yeah, I could go on. <laughs> well, well, listen, we've got about 60 seconds left. What I wanted to know was, you know, in that time, where are some resources that some people may be able to go to, to yeah. get some good information about, you know, opening and things yeah. like that? Yeah, I'm really impressed with the state's guidelines um, and the, the mass.gov uh, backslash reopening. I think it's really comprehensive. Um, they have helplines and emails, and they have been great answering our questions awesome. on the city side, but also individuals. And of course, you know, reach out to your local officials. I know chambers of commerce have been really helpful, whether you're a member or not. Um, and, and also the Board of Healths have, have really rallied around their health agents and there are a lot of, of uh, fact sheets on individual communities. Um, we, for instance, in East Hampton are taking a look at these orders. I will come out with order uh, hopefully later today if I can get it written that will talk very specifically about um, recreation in East Hampton that's different than the state because our parts yeah. are different, you know? Um, and, and so, but I, Mastock of uh, backslash reopening, um, I think SBA too is, is really doing a, a, awesome. a great job and, um, and they're repointing people to local resources. And, and if nothing else, call your mayor. Indeed. Well, listen, Mayor LaChapelle, thank you very much for coming on and talking a little bit about thank your you. experience with the reopening uh, advisory board. Thank you. thank you for your service. And, you know, folks, I want to say thanks for tuning in and thanks to UMass 5 College Federal Credit Union. On behalf of uh, Business West and Living Local, thanks for tuning in today.